Hello and welcome to Studs Up, the podcast diving in with two feet to tackle all of the hot topics in the footballing world. My name is Alex Burrow and I'll be your host today. Joining me once again are two passionate football fans and of course, two very good friends of mine. Lachlan Woodley. Hello. And Dylan Rowe. Hello. How are we doing today, gentlemen? Not too bad. Yeah, pretty good, considering that uh, Arsenal are just falling apart. But um, <laughs> oh, it just keeps getting worse and worse for you, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, he gets to the point where you kind of just get over it at this point. Like, I you just accept the fact that we're bad and that um, we might actually get relegated. So yeah. Oh, I'm, wouldn't that I'm, be a sight to I'm, be seen? I find it quite funny. Yeah, of yeah. course you would. Yeah, it's great. Oh my goodness Oh well Well let's move on from that That's a topic for another day I think On Monday night The draw for the UEFA Champions League Round of 16 took place So on today's episode we're going to preview Each matchup and give some Some of our outlandish predictions For who we think might make it Through to the next round But before we dive into it Let's take a look at some of the week's news So Lockie why don't you take us away uh, well, some of the games this week, or well, some of the big games this week, was Bologna and Roma, and Roma beat Bologna five-one. And in that game, Mkhitaryan scored to uh, increase his goal-scoring um, tally to six goals this season, which leads Roma. Um, this this game also keeps uh, Roma in the hunt for European qualifications in the Serie A. Um, another game this week was Leverkusen and Hoffenheim. And Leverkusen won that game 4-1. This season, Leverkusen are still undefeated in the Bundesliga. And due to Bayern drawing to Union Berlin, this puts them in first place in front of Bayern by one point. The next game was uh, Madrid and, or the Madrid derby. Which, and Real won that game 2-0. This is Atletico's first loss of the season. And we are talking, you know, big talk um, last episode about Atletico being a really good team undefeated, only conceded two goals, but I mean, <clears throat> never conceded another two goals this season. So with Atletico losing this, Sociedad in first place due to them having, I think it was 23 goals this season. Atletico only got 21 this season. Yeah, well, that's something we spoke about last week, like you said. I mean, Atletico have been really good and um, they had this little hiccup against Real, but they've still got two games at hand over Sociedad, I think. So, still definitely in the, in the hunt for that title. But mm. like you were saying, Dylan, um, Real definitely, like Real Madrid, definitely still have the capability to catch them, and that that yeah. this win definitely helps with that. Yeah. In other news, uh, with Dortmund's loss to Stuttgart five one, Dortmund have the board have sacked their manager Lucien Favre, and have got Idian Tursic, which was their assistant manager, to fill that place until the end of the season, which will most likely to the end of the season. I think his contract runs out 2021 in the summer. So you'd assume he'd just fill that place until the end of the season. As well as that, Quincy Proms was arrested in the Netherlands due to him stabbing one of his own family members and leaving him with serious injuries. So if he's found guilty, he could serve a maximum penalty of four years imprisonment which is i feel that's a bit low but i mean i guess that's just the law these days and finally 
former Liverpool manager Gerard Houllier passed away this Sunday after undergoing heart surgery. Um, it was very well known that during his time at Liverpool, he had health problem uh, problems, sorry, and had to step away to help recover from his heart issues. Our thoughts and prayers are with Gerard's family and friends, and of course to all the Liverpool supporters and all the clubs and teams that he's managed in the past as well. Well, thank you for that, Lockie. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we'll jump right into previewing the UEFA Champions League round of 16 matchups. Welcome back to Studs Up. We're going to dive right into our main topic. This week, we're taking a look at the draw for the Champions League round of 16. So we'll just run through each game one by one, starting with Barcelona v PSG. So of course, this is the replay of the classic 2017 Champions League clash which saw Barcelona win 6-1 at the Camp Nou to overcome a 4-0 deficit to progress to the quarterfinals. Barcelona and PSG have both been fairly strong in the Champions League so far this season, with Barcelona finishing second in Group G behind Juventus on head-to-head with five wins and one loss. PSG topped Group H on head-to-head ahead of RB Leipzig after the final match day with four wins and two losses. So I think the contrast between Barca's league and Champions League form combined with PSG's world-class attack, but it's occasionally volatile defence in midfield makes for a really interesting tie that could well go down in history in the same way as their previous encounter. Of course, last time, Neymar was Barcelona's saviour, but this time he's on the other side of the matchup. So could he swing the balance for PSG this time? Or do you guys think that Messi will decide that he wants to show up and steal the show. I mean, I I'm not sure, to be honest. Yeah, uh, it's tough to really say because Messi hasn't really had the greatest of season this season where Neymar probably has a, had that better season. Mm. I mean, it's. I think it's just too tough to say at the moment. Like, I think in the end, PSG will most likely come back on top. But this is Champions League, so it's like it's a whole different situation. It's not like yeah. it's a league game. Yeah. Well, I think PSG probably has the stronger squad overall on form this season anyway. Maybe not in terms of players and their ability, but it, there seems to be a bit more cohesion and a bit more joined together thinking between the players and the coach. I mean, there are obviously problems there, but compared to Barcelona, which we mm. spoke about at length last week, it definitely seems like they're a stronger side. I think what we were talking about last week because they're not playing till February, right? Mm. So yeah. they have that January transfer window to strengthen that squad, which we said last week, which they probably need to strengthen that squad. So again, we don't we don't know which way it's going to go. If you know, we still they've still got that window to strengthen players, and you know, Barcelona just might tip it over and just you know have a good uh, informed record before they play PSG in February. Mm. I mean, I guess it's easy to say now who we think is going to win, and that would probably be PSG at this current stage, I guess. But yeah, as you said, it's ages away, so you never know what could happen, really. I mean, on their day, Barcelona could be best. So. Is it Barcelona the first home game? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Let me check that. Yeah, so the first leg is Barcelona on the 17th of February, and then the next one will be in Paris 
on the 11th of March. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is a long, long way away, but as things stand at the moment, I think PSG has the stronger squad. The players are more in form. And even if PSG tend to have a bit of a rough start at the start of the season, they tend to build yeah. and get better. So I guess we're saying PSG to go through over two legs. Well, I think at this like at this stage, PSG have the far better squad. So, yeah, yeah, I'd say it's a stage PSG, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Barcelona get up. To be honest, like, well, Barcelona is that type of team that would just pull a miracle. I mean, they've done it before in the Champions yeah. League, so like, again, they could do it again. Mm, but at the same time, they've also in recent years choked leads as well. Yeah, yeah. of course, that. to Liverpool a couple of years ago when Liverpool won the Champions mm. League, they they choked that that lead that they had. Yeah, so I guess kind of pending any kind of revolution at Barcelona, we're expecting PSG to go through. Mm. All right, cool. Dylan, why don't you take us on to our next matchup then? Yeah, so our next matchup is Gladbach versus City. So on paper, through the group stages, Gladbach finished second in Group B behind Real Madrid with two wins, two draws and two losses. They had a pretty strong goal difference of plus seven with 16 goals for and nine goals against. It is a surprisingly good result considering the fact that in the Bundesliga, they're currently eighth with 18 points with 23 goals for, 20 goals against. Uh, Alisson Player has uh, scored five goals in the group stage so far as well as picking up three assists and he'll be one of Gladbach's most important players, you'd think, in this matchup. On the side for City, City had a very easy first place finish in Group C with five wins, one draw, zero losses with a plus 12 goal difference, 13 goals for, one goal against. Clearly City would be strong favourites this game after their strong group stage results. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne was great with four assists while Ferran Torres had four goals. City, on paper, you think should advance, but knowing their poor performance in Europe for the last few years, who really knows? I don't know what you guys think about this matchup, but... I think on paper, City are probably favourites, but yeah, you, you don't really know at, at this stage how they've gone. It's just the same thing, isn't it? Like, it's not until February that they're going to mm. play. So, I mean, form can change. But I think if you're looking at it now, if they were to play, say, tomorrow, I think City will come out because City's the more informed team at the moment where Much and Gladbach have sort of fallen a bit. Because I think didn't last time we sort of talk about Much and Gladbach, they were in first place? Or am I wrong? I think they were pretty close to, yeah. They were first or second. But that was like their their group was that um that real tough one, I guess, where it could have gone either way. Like mm. all four of them could have gone out. So Yeah, well uh, in, in the Bundesliga at the moment, they're eighth as well. So they've fallen in the league. That that's the thing, yeah. I think that they they might be a bit lucky potentially to get out of the group, which is probably why City I mean, City did have a very easy grip themselves, but I think just in general, I think City, even though they've struggled over the last few years, they should be able to get through this matchup. Who knows about the next one, I guess, because that's probably the one that they struggled with the last few years with mm. with Spurs as of late and even Liverpool, that matchup, I think, a couple of years ago as well. So I don't know what you think, Alex, but... Well, this is one of those matchups that <laughs> seems to come and go in the Champions League as often as the sun rises. I, I think I saw something the other day It was uh, that when the draw happened that Gladbach posted, I think it was to Twitter, they had uh, Man City in their group in the 2016-17 Champions League, the 2017-18 Champions League. They've played against them once again between then. And then this year, they finally don't have them in their group. And of course, they've been drawn against them in the round of 16. It's how they cursed. So looking, 
looking at their past matchups, Manchester City is definitely the uh, definitely the favourite between the two, based on their head to head in the past. Yeah, but it, it it is quite interesting because of course Manchester City as well they're not that strong in the league at the moment. Of course they're performing well in the Champions League, but like you said, Dylan, they've got a um, well they had a, a relatively weak group, as they always seem to. So I I agree. I think that at the end of the day, Manchester City is probably too strong. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if Gladbach can pull off a miracle here because mm-hmm. they are a very good pressing, attacking team. And Marco Rosa, the coach, is is pretty good at adapting and developing new ways to beat sides. So I am actually quite interested to see how this one plays out. Mm. Um compared to probably what I think it'll probably be a, a better matchup to what people are thinking. But I think it'll be a pretty close matchup in the end. Mm. Mm. But at, at the same time, I think Manchester City definitely have the capability to go out there and just roll yeah. them. So I suppose it depends on what happens. Like, like we've been saying, the, the first matchup's not until almost the end of February. Mm. So that's over two months away, if Manchester City pick up their league form, then I think they can definitely definitely look at this matchup with a lot of confidence and go into it thinking that they'll go through and they, they probably will, mm. in my opinion. Yeah, we'll think in City because uh, I think City will just be too strong, even with the time between now and when the matches. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think so. Cool. Shall we move on to the next game then? Yeah, awesome. All right, well, the next one that we're looking at is Atletico Madrid v Chelsea. So Atletico finished second in Group A behind Bayern Munich. Uh, They had two wins, three draws, and one loss, loss. But they finished with a negative one goal difference. So they only scored seven goals, and they conceded eight goals in all six matches. So if you compare that to their league form, where they've scored 21 and only conceded four in 11 matches, you can see that they've been very poor attacking-wise and they've underperformed in terms of what we expect from, that, uh, from a side that is normally very defensively rigid. I think they had a pretty big loss to Bayern Munich. They lost 4-0 to Bayern. Yeah. So, of course... There you go. They they conceded half of their goals so far in the Champions League in that one game. So the, the goal difference starts to look a little bit better when you take that result out. But the fact that they've only scored seven goals in other than Bayern was not the strongest group that was in the in the competition. Um, it's it, it's a little bit concerning. Whereas Chelsea, on the other hand, performed pretty well. I mean they finished top of the group of top top of group A. They were undefeated, so they had four wins and two draws, zero losses. They scored 14 goals and they only conceded two. So the difference between the two teams here is pretty obvious. One's mm. pretty free-flowing attacking-wise and the other one seems to be struggling a bit. But I don't know about you guys, but I would expect Atletico to take a bit of a step up in the knockout stages. They Mm. don't tend to perform exceptionally well in the group stages, but then Diego Simeone seems to put a lot of his chips 
Um, he throws his chips in when it gets to the the knockout stages. He's been rotating his players pretty obviously in the group. Mm. But but then again, if they're in a title challenging season, maybe you, the emphasis will be that. on the league rather than in rather than on the Champions League. So I don't know what you you two make of that. Well, yeah. for what we were saying last week, how Atletico only conceded two goals in the league. Well, now it's four. They're only conceding two goals in the league defensively. You'd think that their defense is fine and it doesn't really need any working on. But then you look at something like the Champions League and they've conceded eight and one being 4-0 to Bayern. You think there is a problem defensively? But, I mean, like you were saying, they've been rotating a lot. So Yeah, I mean... It's- like I said, you take away that 4-0 result and they've still scored seven and conceded four in mm. the other remaining five matches. So, I mean, that look, that that is fantastic. But when they played 11 matches in the league and they played some stronger teams in the league than they had in Champions League, then it, you start to look at it a little bit differently. Especially if they were scoring goals, this wouldn't be a problem, but they're not scoring goals. So they can't let them in, really. But this matchup seems to be very interesting. I mean, Chelsea, of course, they just ended their... uh, They they were on a 17-game unbeaten streak before they lost to Everton on the weekend and subsequently lost to Wolverhampton as well. But you take those two results away, they've been in very good form. Free-flowing attack. Defensively... Very solid. I think the only team in the Premier League that had conceded less goals than them was Tottenham before the loss to Everton. Yep. And having only conceded two goals in the Champions League as well, they look they look really good. They look quite strong in the Champions League. And I know how you were saying that Atletico might will probably will push through and get through, but I mean attacking wise, it feels like Chelsea might come out on top, but I mean, again, it's it's two months away, two three months away. So I'm, you don't know how it's going to go in the end. Mm. I think by that time, a lot of it is going to depend on where Chelsea and where Atletico are in their title challenges in the league. I think if Atletico is seriously pushing for the title, then Chelsea might have an advantage. But if that has dropped off, and say Real Madrid is caught up and Atletico have fallen away a bit, then Chelsea might find that Atletico lock up their defence and really try and really try and push their way through. So I think more than the other two matchups that we've spoken about so far, this one I think will really come down to what's happening in two months' time in the, yeah. in the respective leagues. Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree, I think, because in the past, I think well, Atletico have really kind of not been where they are now, I guess, this year in the league. I think last year they were about third or fourth, I think, at this stage and all around the around the stage when the knockout um, stages started and they had Liverpool and they really prioritised that matchup and came out on top. So, yeah, I think, I don't know, this, I, I still think Atletico will probably go through, but it, it, it could go either way. To be honest. I mean, this is a hard matchup to kind of, kind of pick, I guess, mm. on the day. Yeah, looking at this one, I think maybe when when the draw came out, I kind of looked at it and thought um, it's pretty pretty standard matchup. But now thinking about it, this could definitely be the 
the draw to watch, especially in a couple of months. We'll see what happens with both teams and their league form. But yeah, I think um, I think this one will be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so why don't we move on to our next game then? Yeah, so next next and last game we'll talk about is Atalanta Real. So Atalanta finished second in Group D with three wins, two draws, one loss. With a plus two goal difference, 10 goals, four, eight goals conceded. Atalanta are similar to Gladbach in that they're doing poorly in the league, currently eighth, but have had a good Champions League campaign. This has highlighted a two-nil win over Liverpool at Anfield. This has clearly been their best performance this season. They've had some very uh, class, pl- uh, class players and could trouble Real Madrid after their shaky group stage performances. In terms of Real, they finished first in Group D with three wins, one draw, two losses. Not their greatest group stage campaign. With a plus two goal difference of 11 goals for and nine goals conceded. Real were extremely lucky to finish first of their group considering some of their poor performances such as a 2-0 loss to Shakhtar. I feel personally Real are improving in both the league and Champions League, which is highlighted with their performance on the weekend against Atletico in the league. And Clay had the experience to progress to the next round, but who knows what kind of performance we may get. Atlanta on the day might have a performance that they did against Liverpool, I guess, in that group stage. They've got the players for They've got good players, which like, such as Zapata, Gomez. So, yeah, I'm not sure what you guys think, but this could be potentially another close one. I guess it's more dependent on how Real kind of perform on the day, I think. I mean, Atalanta, you, you think that they'll at least put out a pretty good performance. They'll try hard. But I think Real, depending on how they perform, especially with their experience, they could could potentially be too much for Atalanta. I don't know what you guys think. but Well, Real Madrid have been that you know that strong side in the Champions League. So you'd feel that they would be the one to come out on top. But I mean, Atlanta this season have been looking like a really informed team at the moment. So, I mean, this could go either way. You'd expect someone like Real Madrid to come out on top, but... It could be like another Bayern situation, uh, not Bayern, Barcelona situation where Atlanta might just, you know, pull a miracle and come out on top. But I, I mean, I don't know. Well, last season, Atlanta had a really good run, didn't they? I mean, they almost made the final of the Champions League. Yeah. They were knocked out by PSG in the semi final, uh, pretty unfortunately, actually. Uh, sorry, in the quarter final, they were knocked out by PSG. But they're one of those teams that. They have a lot of power going forward. They're really dynamic, really strong. Um, but they're also one of those teams that they're either going to win 5-0 or they're going to lose 5-0. They're not going to eke out those close results. So I think Real Madrid, if they're on form, could definitely blow them away. But, but equally, if Atalanta are on fire, then they could do the same to Real Madrid. So it's an interesting matchup. And I think I agree with you in the sense that Real are getting better. And I think by the time these matchups come around, they'll be even better again. Look, in all honesty, I think Real Madrid will probably go through. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Atalanta managed to squeeze their way through. I think it's just going to come down to whether or not Zidane can get his squad to, or if he can sort of, formulate any kind of consistency in his team's play. Mm. I don't know. It's an interesting matchup. I mean, I think Atalanta are one of those teams where you don't quite know what you might get in the Champions League. I mean, their other result against Liverpool was a 5-0 loss. So I think you could get the one, you could get the Atalanta that loses 5-0 at home. You could get the Atalanta that wins 2-0 at Anfield. Like, you don't, you don't know what we get on the day. I think in terms of that, I think Real are a bit more consistent. 
um, in the Champions League at least. And I think that that, just their experience and their squad overall, I mean, they've been there before. They've got players that have won the Champions League multiple times. So I think I think they'll just be too strong on the on the matchup on the day for Atalanta. So. Yeah, I, I think I agree. So we're uh, we're in agreement that we think Real Madrid will go through. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, excellent. Well, we'll just quickly run through the rest of the games and give our predictions. If you guys have anything that you want to mention of the games, just chime in, of course. So for Lazio and Bayern, I think we're pretty much all in agreement with this one. Yeah, I think probably Bayern will go through. They just. I think we were saying last week they just look like they're the best team in the in the world at the moment, and like just nothing's going to stop them. Yeah, I think Bayern would be too strong, especially in the Champions League. They just uh, they've got too strong of a squad. Easy result to pick, I think. Out of that yeah, exactly. One. I think that one's probably the potentially the easiest one to predict of the set that we've got. So we'll move on then to Leipzig v Liverpool. This one's an interesting one, I think. I think this could probably go either way. Yeah, I think at first I want to say Liverpool, but like I don't think you can completely rule out RB. I think that they definitely could cause like an upset, I guess you could say. Um, yeah, I don't know what you think, Alex, but... I think RB have the first game at home as well. Yeah, yeah they do. I mean, RB, made this, they did make the semi-final. Um, they, they knocked out Atletico Madrid last season to make the semis. And then, of course... Uh, they lost three 0 to to PSG in the in that semi final game. Of course, it was only one leg. Um, I think we have we've have of course we've got the return to two legs this season, so that could definitely change the way that this plays out for Leipzig. I think well, by the time it goes to the game, Liverpool probably have most of their players coming back from injury. Yeah, I I think. Um, when you consider that it's going to be over two legs, it really kind of increases Leipzig's chances in a strange way. You think that maybe Liverpool would be the stronger team over the two two legs. But well, by the time... Well, because fans are allowing back into games now and Liverpool like really thrive off the fans and they play much better football when there's fans watching. Mm. So... That makes me lean more towards Liverpool, in a way. At the same, at the same time, I feel like Julian Nagelsmann has this this special talent to be able to work out ways to win games over two legs. But you're right. I think at the end of the day, Liverpool's first team is too strong for most teams to be. So it would depend on whether or not they can get most of the squad fit and ready for this game. I think the only player that probably won't come back is Van Dijk. Mm. I think I'll have to go with Liverpool, but more so than any of the others, I think that this one could have a real opportunity for an upset. Yeah, I think Liverpool as well. I think the safest option is Liverpool, but you don't know, I guess, what you could get with RB. Especially that first home, if Liverpool pine away and RB at home um, and they go off to a good a good start in that first leg, then you don't know what could happen, I guess. So. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we'll move on to the other result, which seems to be one of the simpler ones to pick. Porto v Juventus. Yeah, I think Juventus would just be too good in that. 
I don't think Porto even have a chance, really. Yeah, I think I think I might agree with that. Yeah, I think Bayern and Bayern, Lazio, Juve, Porto are probably the two easiest to pick out of that group of matchups. I think. Okay. Well, the final matchup that we have is Sevilla v Dortmund. So, what do you make of this one? Um, I think this could be interesting because Sevilla obviously are quite strong in. Well, in the Europa League, but they've had a pretty good Champions League campaign in the group stage. I think they're in the same group as Chelsea, was it? Yeah. And um, they were they were matching them pretty much for points for points. So I think that they they could be quite competitive against a Dortmund team that, as of late, has been kind of a bit inconsistent. Obviously, they just sat their manager, so this could kind of go either way, I guess. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards Sevilla. Yeah. Mm. Sevilla have looked quite strong lately as well. So I think we were saying before, or I was saying before that European-wise, Sevilla looked like the stronger team. But I mean, that's just Europa League. This is Champions League. It's much different. But I mean, I still feel that Sevilla will come out on top against Dortmund. But in two months' time, Dortmund might be a completely different team. Yeah, I think this this is one of the more level matchups, and it's certainly a very interesting one indeed. But I think I'm in agreement. Dortmund, look. Dortmund obviously have the ability to just roll Sevilla here. If their attack is on fire, they can strengthen their defence. If they get the right manager in place to do that. But at the moment, I don't know. I just have this feeling about Sevilla. Mm. I don't think Sevilla will progress past the quarterfinals, whereas I think Dortmund have the ability to do that if they progress from the round of 16. But there's just something... Something about this tie which makes me think Sevilla will go through. Mm. So I think we seem to be in agreement then that Sevilla will go through here. I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's too, I think for me, it's just too tough to to split the two. But I think, like you were saying, this type of matchup, you feel that Sevilla will go through to the next round. Mm. Right. Okay. Well, so that means that to go through to the corner quarterfinals, we have PSG, Atletico Madrid, Manchester City, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Liverpool, Juventus, and Sevilla. So those could make for some very interesting matchups indeed. And of course, all of those predictions are dependent on players coming back from injury, team form in a couple of months, whether they strengthen or whether they lose players. So we'll see whether there are any interesting upsets that go through. There definitely is scope for some to take place. Mm. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm actually looking forward to the round of 16. I don't think there are really any dull matchups this year. I think probably nah. Lazio Bayern is not going to be very interesting. Probably only two, I'd say, the Porto Juventus and Lazio Bayern. Although I think Lazio could go okay like offensively in the attack. I think... Um, like obviously they've got a mobile. Um, Luis Alberto's been pretty good, but I think Bayern defensively and obviously in their attack, there's a squad in general really is just too strong. So mm. yeah, I, I I think so. I mean, Bayern are probably the best team in the world. Mm. Yeah, and unfortunately for Lazio, who are a good side, they're not as strong as they were say a couple of years ago. I think yeah. unfortunately they seem like. They've had the worst, the worst draw here, I'd say, because I think even Porto is more likely to beat Juventus than Lazio is to beat Bayern. So, yeah. But anyway, before we go, have you guys got any games you'll be keeping an eye on this weekend? 
Uh, well, I think personally, Barcelona, Sociedad is going to be a pretty good game. Um, obviously, Sociedad, we said earlier, are now top on goal difference, I think you said. No, it was goals four. Goals four. Um, but yeah, so Sociedad are doing quite well this year. Um, Barca, obviously, we talked about last week, been struggling. But uh, this game could be interesting. I think if Sociedad win this, and they definitely stand their foot forward on the top four finish. So yeah, that game is Thursday, 6.30 in the morning. So Yeah, I think I agree with you there. And if, look, if Barcelona lose this, then Ronald Koeman could be out of a job much earlier than, than, than we probably thought. Yeah, I think yeah. I kind of thought he'd maybe at least make it to the end of the season. Yeah, but yeah, if he doesn't, if he doesn't get a result here, then he's in trouble. No, definitely. Mm. What else have you got for us, Dylan? Uh, the other game I have is Atalanta versus Roma uh, on Monday morning at three thirty a.m. So as I said, uh, Atalanta haven't been doing as good as probably what they would have liked in the league this season. I think they're eighth. Roma, as of late, actually been putting through pretty good results. So that five-one win on the weekend, yeah. Been a six in the league, so I mean, in terms of pushing for Europa League top four, this game, uh, this matchup could be pretty big. I think the other matchup this week, which is pretty big, is Napoli Inter. I think so. Yeah, there's a couple of big matchups in terms of placings, I guess, or pushing for Champions League, Europa League, and the Serie A this weekend. So, yeah. Lockie, how about you? Well, last week I had put down PSG and Lyon, and I said PSG was going to win, which. And then it didn't happen. Leon won 1-0. But this week I put down Lille versus PSG, which I'm pretty sure is first versus third again. Considering what happened last week with Leon winning, I, th- I mean, I think I might still go PSG, but I mean, it, this could go either way. So, and, that's, and that game's on Monday, 6.30 in the morning. The other game I had, which you two would really enjoy, is the Everton-Arsenal game no. on Sunday. No, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hear me out, hear me out. I think this is be an absolutely spectacular game. Grand total of zero goals scored, four, and we'll all manage to concede three goals each somehow without the other team scoring. <laughs> I mean, we've got to lose to Southampton first before we play Everton, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's just not going well for you, isn't it, Dill? I actually am like... I mean, I, I, it's not going to happen. I don't think it will happen, but part of me is scared we're going to get relegated. Like a small part of me is scared that we're going to get really good. It's just like, I mean, it's just thinking about the fact that we're that low on the table. Oh, so you're Arteta out, are you? I'm not Arteta out. I just think that it, unless some stuff changes, I, I, I was saying like the other day, I think it'd be good if um, maybe even if it got someone a bit more experienced and Arteta kind of stayed at the club, I guess, like um, as an assistant potentially, something like that. Or it also is kind of dependent on what we do in January. We have to strengthen credit, like, creative was in January so until then until maybe after January transfer window I see what happens then in terms of management players you bring in that it's hard to tell but I think we'll probably finish like 10th or something at this stage like absolute shambles or thing at this point well Everton and Arsenal obviously or obviously Arsenal haven't had the greatest results as of late so I feel this probably would be a draw in the end oh and that game and that game's on Sunday morning at four as well I can see that happening I can see us throwing nil or us not scoring, really. That's all I can see. We beat Chelsea on the weekend, but um, we have to play Leicester tomorrow morning as well. But I just don't... I'm not hopeful. <laughs> Obviously, at the start of the season, we went four on the trot, unbeaten. 
Well, five on five unbeaten, four wins in a row. We drew with Liverpool, and then after the draw with Liverpool, it just seemed downhill. But mm. look, against the big teams, we've had good results. Obviously, we we beat Spurs, we drew with Liverpool, and we've beat Chelsea. Which would you really call an Arsenal big team? Well, they're a big they're a big club, but they're not not putting in the performances at the moment. So we'll see what happens. Um, but we tend to do pretty poorly against the relegation candidates. So <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking. It's like this year where we're kind of we're kind of that bad this year that we might struggle against us. <laughs> well, you guys drew to Burnley and Arsenal lost to Burnley. Arsenal lost to Burnley, exactly. And they didn't even have to score a goal. You scored it for them. God, man. All right, let's move on from that. I don't want to talk about our clubs anymore. Save me, please. <laughs> Uh, well, the first game that I'm I'm interested in this weekend is actually one that you've already mentioned, Dylan, and that's the Napoli v Inter game. That's Thursday, uh, so tomorrow morning, 6.15 a.m. So it's second, Inter against third with Napoli. This is, this is an interesting one for the Champions League places. And, well, we'll still say the title as well. Both teams are still within four points of of Milan at the top. So definitely not riding either of the teams up yet. I think normally I'd probably predict this to be a draw, but I'm hesitant to do so with this one because Napoli haven't drawn this season. and I don't see them drawing against Inter. I think if they're going to draw, it's going to be kind of shock results. So yeah. I don't know. I might, I might actually back Napoli for this one. I might, because it's at the, uh, the Estadio, Diego Armando Maradona, the new stadium name for the Sao Paulo. What a mouthful. I'm not sure if they have fans back yet, though. So, oh, actually, sorry, it's at the San Siro. I take that back. Apologies. Never mind. That changes things. <laughs> oh, like you were saying, there's no fans. So, like, does it really change things? You know what? I'm still going to back Napoli. I think Napoli will get the result here. Not sure of the score yet, but I'm going to go with Napoli. And then the second game that I'm going to keep an eye on is Leverkusen v Bayern. That one's on Sunday morning at 4 a.m. And it is a top-of-the-table clash. Of course, the results on the weekend meant that Leverkusen went top and Bayern sit in second. So this one is going to be an interesting matchup. I think Bayern will get the result. Can't really give a score here because, again, it could either be a close game or this could be a mauling. By Bayern, so. What I think I think I was saying before, Leverkusen hasn't hasn't actually lost a game this season. Mm. I think that this will be the game that they lose, though. Mm. Uh, let, let's find out where it is. So, uh, there you go. It's a home game for Leverkusen, so maybe they could put up a, a bit of a performance. But I th- I'm still going to back Bayern for the win. I think they'll bounce back from their draw with Union. Yeah. Well. Of course, there is one game that we'll all be watching, and that's tomorrow morning at 6.30 a.m. Liverpool takes on Tottenham at Anfield for a top-of-the-table clash in the Premier League. So I think both teams sit equal on points, with Spurs currently ahead on goal difference. Boys, this one's going to be exciting. I really hope Tottenham come out on top. I hate to say it, but like both these... I kind of just hope for a draw, because like at this stage, both teams that I kind of don't like are pushing for a title so like <laughs> yeah because the game just not be played like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, well 
I think this is going to be the real test for Tottenham here because mm. Liverpool are probably still title favourites, but Tottenham mm. have been in better form this season. So I kind of expect Mourinho to kind of muddy up this game, make it a really tough fight for Liverpool. Mm. You know, go traditional Mourinho, park the bus, make it as difficult as he can for them to score. Mm. And of course, Liverpool are without some key players. I think they just lost Jota, did they? Yeah, for a couple of months. Yeah. So there's a lot of there are a lot of pieces in play here. Normally, I think I would still say Liverpool will win because it's at Anfield and they have fans back. But given the injuries and given the style that Mourinho is likely to implement, I kind of think it's going to be a draw. I would not be surprised if it was a nil-all draw. No. I would be I'd be more surprised if it was a score draw. I think it's more likely that one of the teams will get a result than there be a score draw, but I kind of think it will be nil all. I th- I just think that Mourinho is going to play for the draw rather than the win. I agree with you. I think that Mourinho this season has really been that type of manager that comes that, that plays really defensively and plays off that counter. But I think he would take it more defensively this game and try and go for that draw to help him like stay in that top spot instead of just like consistently fighting and attacking and attacking to try and win the game where it might just impact worse defensively. So I think you're right. I think it'll just be a, a draw in the end. Yeah, I can see that. I could just see Mourinho sitting back with a real defensive lineup and playing for any points really in the favour of Tottenham where it's a draw or a 1-0 win or something like that. I don't see him. I feel he might play a five at the back for this game. You think? Well, like you were saying, if he's going to play more defensively, would you play a five at the back or would you continue with his four? The four seems to have been working for him. So I think I'd potentially stick with that. But I wouldn't be surprised if Mourinho did did try and change up his system just to make it a bit more difficult for Klopp. Mm. Either way, any way this goes, it's going to be an interesting game to watch. Yeah. All right. Well, that's just about all we have time for on today's episode of Studs Up. If you've enjoyed the show, then please make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Studs Up Media. While you're at it, why don't you pass the pod on to your friends and family or anyone you think might also enjoy the show. We're streaming on all major podcasting apps, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, so there's no excuse. We really appreciate all of your support to help us grow. All that's left for me to do now is say thank you to Dylan Rowe. Thanks, mate. And to Lachlan Woodley. Thanks. I've been Alex Burrow. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode of Studs Up. Studs Up.